Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we're good. All right. Well, uh, welcome back to Soulback. Uh, this is the R&B podcast. Kyle here back with Tom and Ed. Uh, Tom is looking very toasty in that hockey jersey. What's going on? A hockey <laughs> jersey and my Atlantic Records hat. Shout out to Atlantic Records. I sent me and Kyle a nice little gift basket for the holidays. We appreciate wow. you. The perks, guys, of supporting R&B right there. Wow. And uh, Ed, looking good as usual. What's going on? Thank you, player. The only thing I get is slander from your favorite R&B artist in my <laughs> inbox. So that's all I get. Coal in my stocking. But it's yeah. all to the good. It's all, it's all good. Um, well, I mean, we have a lot to talk about this week. Uh, we were trying to figure out, were we going to talk about our year-end countdown that we just posted of our favorite 70 uh, songs from 2020? But we might save that mm-hmm. for next week because the momentum has been strong we've been looking back at all these great years and this year we land at 1997 tom i'm gonna throw it to you first when you look at the collages that i've made and i somehow forgot jagged edge but we'll talk about that later uh when you look at this collage what's the first thing that comes to mind man what a time to be alive is the first thing that came to mind that was a good time for r&b music before we get into this though can i just say something i'm still tripping from last week we had a 15-year-old guest on who knew about R&B, more about R&B music than all three of us combined, it seemed like. It was amazing. That's Shout my boy, Damon. Damon. Yes, yep. that's my dog. Prodigy right there. But, but yeah, 97. I'm excited to talk about this year and, and have our two guests join us later on to, to chime in as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Ed, let's talk about 1997 here because um, you are the – eldest oldest person in this group oh, uh where God. were you in yes. 1997 <laughs> and what were your Not, thoughts on r&b in 1997 as i said last week we are getting in the sweet spot of my r&b fandom right here 97 was the year i graduated high school so all when i look at that collage i just think of like driving around for like the first time freedom having these cds rocking in my car yes cds that's what we did back then and i still do it because i'm old but all of these songs here are just so representative representative of the sound that was evolving and going into the 2000s. We're going to talk about some legendary art albums today from some legendary artists. There was just something in the water, 96, 97, especially 98. Some good stuff y'all going to hear today. And I just look at this album or this year as like the year of breakout albums for a lot of these artists like a john b like a joe like a brian mcknight even like these guys reached new success with these albums but i mean without even hyping it up so much so much let's talk about some of these albums i'm just gonna get my collage ready here um actually i don't even need a collage can we just start off talking about mariah carey <laughs> let's just get that one right off right out of here because uh, shaquille perry called you all ed that butterfly album <laughs> yes. he demands that you do a recount and give it a five star rating Oh my God. On on SoInStereo.com, you have it as a 4.5. Yes. And I still say that it is my favorite Mariah album. It is probably her best album. I think I ranked it as her number one album. Is it perfect? No, because it reminds me of Confessions and not by length. My issue with Confessions is that album is a little bit too long. I love this album. I have said many times that there is a point on that album where it's like Breakdown, Fourth of July. The sequencing, there is like a sequence of like five songs that is some of the best sequencing 
in the 90s R&B genre, period. So you, I have to give love to that album. But I don't love every song, and that's why it's not five stars. But is it a <laughs> classic album and one of her better ones? Absolutely, yes. Mm. Tom, let me ask you. I know you're not you, you didn't grow up listening to every single Mariah Carey song that came out, but I know that you were aware of the song Honey, and I know you were also aware of the song The Roof with the Mob Deep sample. Like those are huge moments for R and B because you saw at that time someone who was considered a pop artist transition over to that R and B hip hop sound. Like that mm-hmm. was big. You didn't even mention Breakdown, which is one of yes. my favorite R and B songs Amazing. of all time. Yep. I love our family who's chiming in the comments. I just wanted to shout them out real quick before I talk about this album. They're already arguing. It's like family, you know, bickering. I love it. You know, our community here. <laughs> shout out to Damon. Shout out to Lawrence. Shout out to Watch These, who I know was really excited about this week. Shout out to Tar Heels fan. Um, shout out to Nicolette Carney. Shout out to Shaquille Perry, as always. Shout out to Slip and Slide Records, Ed. They're in the building. Slip and Slide, wow. yes. Theo Sullivan Brandon is in the house. Theo, thank you, everyone, <laughs> thank you everyone who's tuned in live. But yeah, I, I thought it was awesome the direction she went on this album. But I, I, I don't think it's a front-to-back classic either. I, I wouldn't say there's no skips. Kyle, I know you're a fan of this album. I want to get your take. Yeah, actually, Shaquille Perry and I were just talking about this before you guys got on the call. And I looked at that track list. And like I told Shaquille, if this is not a five-star album, it's pretty damn close like especially those those first nine songs like like you said at the sequencing there there are some incredible records we didn't even talk about the song baby doll like that song yes an album cut now that's a great song and that's what i keep talking about with these albums from this era like we talk about today with your little albums and your little playlists that like you can do your little challenges to and you have one song that you like and you call it a classic we are talking about albums that have incredible singles and incredible album cuts that never even really got radio play. Fans know it, but they're songs that you might hear maybe performed on a, you know, during a live show. But other than that, they're just secret gems. And these are what make these albums so great. And Tom, I think he mentioned how, or either you did, Kyle, the hip hop influence in this album. That's something yeah. that actually. Mm really became prevalent in Daydream. We'll talk about that in 1995. I was just making some notes on that earlier. But here is where it was solidified, where Mariah, a lot of fans don't know this, you youngins, but there was a time, as much as we argue about who is R&B and who is pop, Mariah definitely was in that conversation. And this was the era when she started working much more with hip-hop artists. She was doing all those remixes with JD. And it was helping because she had two lanes. She had the pop mainstream lane, but then she could switch over here, get on some urban stations at well that just kind of broaden her scope. That's some legendary stuff right there. You guys haven't even mentioned the Prince cover that's on here featuring Drew Hill. Yep. Beautiful ones. I thought it was special for two reasons. One, Prince doesn't j- let just anyone do a cover of his music. Yep. And yeah, number two, not. the fact that she did a duet with Drew Hill of all, of all people who was still pretty young in the game at the time. Yep. So I thought I would love to hear the story of how that even all came together. So hopefully someday we'll hear it. I have to reach out to our boy Nokio Kyle. Yep, we do. And then uh, 4th of July as well. That's a fantastic song. And that's love on it. this album. So, oh, shout out to our boy Damon. The Roof is My Favorite, followed by Breakdown. I'm on the same page, bro. I told you <laughs> that sequencing is no joke. 
So we might have to go back and see if that's a five star. And I'll just say one last thing. And and you guys want to mention this. It it didn't feel manufactured. A lot of times when a pop star is collaborating outside their zone of a different genre, it feels a bit manufactured like it doesn't work. This felt like it worked, which was great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's talk about another album here. Let's talk about Mary J. Blige, Share My World. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, this uh, album is a departure from the bad boy sound that she had on the first two. Yeah. Worked with Rodney Jerkins, but she delivered on this one. Share My World is a great song. Like that song by itself yeah. is, is amazing. But the album, the body of work, even when you talk about uh, the man we're not allowed to speak of, he has a great song on there. Like the baby face records. This is a great album. I love, I love this, this album. album. I know that we talk about and we will talk about my life and its legacy. I know what's the 411 was really groundbreaking for what it is. But front to back, I won't say it's better than my life, but it's as good as my life. I will put that up there. And I think it's better than her debut. It's from mm. front to back, my favorite Mary album. And I think, again, when you look at the sequencing, when you look at the album cuts from The Man Who Shall Not Be Named, and so many of like she's got a random song with the locks that's off the chain. And <laughs> when you take that and you take, of course, the big singles that we remember, she threw in Not Gonna Cry from the soundtrack. There's just so much going on here that just works so well. So if you look at my life as kind of like her story and her sad story and blah, 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 I feel like this is the maturation of Mary. And she really takes it to a next level with the next album, with the Mary album. But this one takes her to another place where it's an evolution of the sound. It doesn't sound out of nowhere, but it sounds like growth. And that's why I love this one so much. It's number three in, in the string of four straight classics, as I've been on record as mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. We've argued it. It's okay. It's not always agreeable. I love everything. The song, obviously, that was my first dance at my wedding. So that's a special mm-hmm. one for me. That random song with the locks you mentioned, Can't Get You Off My Mind, is super dope yes. as well. Love yep, that it one. Is. I Can Love You with Little Kim. That's mm. your boy, Kyle, Dark Child. That is my boy. And let me just say this. Like, I don't listen to hip-hop like that, but all I can say about Little Kim is the way she entered that verse <laughs> is, like, incredible. <laughs> oh, One of my favorite yes. feature verses of all yeah. time. And she yes. flipped. I mean, the, the song that it um, samples... Kim's Queen B hadn't been out that long. So all of a sudden she's this beat drops. Imagine mm-hmm. listening to this album and the beat drops and then Mary just starts singing over and this is kind of tinkered R&B flavor to the beat. Incredible stuff. I'll never forget hearing that for the first time. I've got to throw this out there as well. There was a, another Mary song on the Money Talks soundtrack that you're a dream. You know a that dream. one, Ed? I know You know I Love know it. Money Talks well. is back there. That's back there. <laughs> yes. Another great song. Mm-hmm. Ed, is Share My World a five star album? I would say it's a five star album. But Butterfly, fan, but butterfly yes. isn't. Mariah fans are going to hit mm. the ceiling, but I said what I said. That's a five star album. I see mm-hmm. someone, Tar Heels fan, doesn't like the song Searching. I actually like that one. That's the weakest song on the album, but I yeah. do like it. I don't it's mind cool. it. It's cool. Uh, can we talk about another album here since we're talking about the females? So, All right, Janet Jackson's Velvet Rope album because this one, this one was huge. This was and... very big, and I know it was controversial. I saw IG for those who aren't joining us there. Players mm-hmm. were like fighting in the comments about this one, so I'm sure <laughs> lots of opinions on this one. 
What are the fights about, Ed? I don't know. I think that some people aren't a fan. Some people love it. No, Shaquille, I don't think Velvet Rope is five stars either, mm. and it falls more into the issue with confessions. It gets a little murky mm. on that second half. However, yeah, yeah. it's still a great album, and it's a, a once again, and you, you're going to hear me keep saying this because this is something that artists struggle with today. Evolution. Evolution. This is a sound that's different than the Janet album and different from the Pleasure Principle era by far. But look at how it sounds almost neo-soulish in a way, like almost mm-hmm. neo-neo-soulish. Not quite. You could feel like some of the, the elements coming together there. But this is why it's such a beloved project. It sounds so different, but it's still authentically Janet. Mm-hmm. So I, I like this one a lot, too. I like yeah. the fact that when I read more about the background of this album and kind of what she was going through in life, and then I listened to it again, it made it even feel deeper for me. It made me appreciate it more. You know, she was in a dark place. And I just got till it's gone. The, the song she did, the kind of cover with Q-Tip. I love that one as well. It's Great one of song. my favorite songs ever. Always in rotation. It's funny. I did not like that one at all when it came. Wow. I did not like that no, song I, at all. I agree. It grew it, on me a lot later no, on. No, I agree. That song is very different. And that, that song is a grower. Like, that's not yeah. one that you, you get right away. No, I did not like it at all. But once I, I still copped the album because I was a big Janet fan. And once in, sometimes when you can put a song within an album, I talked about this with Ro James' album this year, where mm-hmm. I heard the singles and I was like, yeah. But within the context <laughs> of an album, within a story, is which an album should be, it works. So I liked it much better and it grew over me a lot over the years. And yeah. your boy Lawrence is going nuts in the comments. This album changed his life, so you better not speak down on it. <laughs> oh, I can never, I'll never go at my boy Derry, but yes, I agree. This is my favorite. <laughs> this is my personal favorite Janet album. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you have you've got like, better ones. This when you have favorite. got song, when you have songs like "I Get Lonely" and "Go Deep," like, mm-hmm. those are some pretty amazing songs right there. Shout out uh, to Nancy Noir. You just just missed the Janet talk. I'm sorry. We're sorry. You can catch the replay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Archived on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, you name it. Title? I I don't know if we're on title. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I don't know about that. I don't know if we're on title coins yet. Jay-Z does not pay my bills. It's not on title. Um, Can we talk about In Vogue's album, EV3? This, of course is the album where Dawn makes her departure. Ed, that was a big deal back in the day. It was quite a big deal back then. And as we know, she went on and she did a Lucy Pearl thing and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, this album is solid. I have been on record to say that In Vogue is a group that I always really respected for what they could do. I mean, their vocal power was is incredible. But I never really connected much with their songs. This album is good. And this is also the era of Don't Let Go, by far my favorite Yep. By far my favorite in vogue joint ever. But it's just this is just a lesson for y'all. Cause we in this weird era where it's like either you must love every single thing about an artist you stand for life or you hate them and you say that they are worthless and no have no talent. It's okay to be like, you know, that's a very talented artist. Not really for me, but a very talented artist. And that's how yeah. I've always been about in vogue. Mm. I was um in 97, I was about 13, so I didn't catch this album in the time. This is another one I really got to go back and study some more and get to get to learn because I definitely didn't check it out back then, guys. I'm sorry. Right. 13-year-old but, Tom was 
definitely into into, into big hip hop back then, believe it or not. But yes, he was in the hip hop and Power Rangers or something. He won't check it. <laughs> oh anymore. man, Ninja Turtles definitely. <laughs> yes. Were you, were you playing your Sega Genesis there? Oh yeah, those were some yeah. good times. But let's stay on topic, guys. All right, uh, let's talk about SWV release some tension as i look at this track list and tom you can speak on this because you just listened to this album like a month ago there's a lot of features on this album yes let's pull up my notes yeah that was ed do you remember in the time how that was received the fact that they had all those features i don't remember the reception but it felt weird to me especially because their first two wasn't like that yes i remember the reception was weird because this album was very feature heavy very hip-hop heavy and again, when we talked about with Evolution, this is an album that evolved and some people were like, eh, I really like it, though, especially like it has the big singles that everyone loves. But I think where it fails a little bit is some of those album cuts just don't feel natural. You just got random yeah. rappers of the day slapped on the back of songs. I'm like, why is I think that was like an E-40 song. And then <laughs> this is like random people. There's a Snoop song, I think. And it just doesn't fit their vibe. But then you got like the Red Man song, which kind of works. So <laughs> there are places where it hits and doesn't hit. But as a fan, it's one that I really like. For some reason, I can recognize its flaws, but I still rock with it a lot in 97. Mm. Uh, Shaquille Perry said Rain might be their best song ever. I don't know it's about that. It's a great song. It's up yeah. there. Um, can We might be one of my top five Timbaland beats. I'll say that much. Might be top three. It's um, up there as well. Yeah. I love that. There's a few album cuts on here I like as well. I put out a top 10 SUV best songs list earlier this summer, and a few of these made the honorable mention. So, yeah, Ed, I, I didn't really get the hip-hop features on this one. It felt a little forced at times, but I can, I guess for 97, I can kind of see why they were what they were trying to do. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a sign of the times, but sometimes they worked, sometimes they didn't. I, I love the title track, and it has Foxy yeah. on it. I didn't realize who shouted him out. It might have been an R&B fan, you know, our boy on Twitter, mm-hmm. who sent me, like, the original with, like, the Missy, Missy version. Yep. I guess it was the, the demo, and I like that even better. So it's cool to look back at that, but I see why they went in that direction. Didn't just always work, but I'm a yeah. fan of the album. Um, this is a dumb question. I'm sort of intentionally asking you guys this question because I've seen it on Twitter before. So I'm not being dumb here, but I am. I love when we get to answer dumb questions from Twitter. It's one of my favorite hobbies. Yes, uh, yes I love they eviscerate them. There is a, <laughs> there's a huge debate that has gone on in the past about the song Rain and what the song is actually about because oh, people, people take the lyrics of that, of that song out of context and make it into a sexual song. Ed, do you know what's going I- on here? Listen. I play like <laughs> you can say, listen, y'all, like it can be a sensual song and it is a loving sensual song without physically raining. <laughs> I'm trying to keep this PG player. You don't oh, have to goodness. physically rain on somebody or to still be a sensual love song, which is what this is supposed to be. They don't have to see this generation is too literal. I need you to just put some actual. Hey, this is figurative. Like language and love can be figurative. It don't have to exactly mean that. We don't mm. have to be super soaking the dude. Like I'm trying to chill, Tom. <laughs> I'm trying to chill. Unfortunately, because up. look where we're at today. There's nothing super sensual or low key. Everything is in your face, over yes, the top. Yes, there's no no subtlety, no no yeah. writing, no no. Ugh. It drives yeah. me nuts. <laughs> 
a couple of other projects that came out from the ladies. I don't know if you guys had checked these guys, these ones out. Brownstone dropped an album, Changing Faces, Jeanne. So they dropped some albums. Uh, did you guys check those one out? Oh, you know, I got them all. That Jeanne album I've talked about many times because yes. I caught that in 97 and I did not like it at mm. all. Wow. And, and there are lots of fans of that album. And I went back about, I don't know, six or seven years ago. It's been since I had Soul in Stereo. And I listened to it and I loved it. And it's just like one of those albums that I feel like Tom talks about all the time, how he was like, you know, I was 13. My head wasn't in that space. <laughs> but as an adult, maybe you can resonate with some of these songs a bit better. So I really think that Saturday Night, that album is a lot better with older ears. That Changing Faces album, I love to death. I love that album. I can't remember what was the third one you talked about. Uh, Brownstone. Oh, yes. Brownstone has the banging singles on it. I don't really, really remember the album that much, but the singles mm-hmm. were something. Those ladies be singing. Yeah. Singing. <laughs> um, Tom, do you want to talk about the fellas now? Let's do it. And before anyone gets mad, if we don't talk about an album, remember, we only have so much time. So we, we trying to touch on everything we can and, and still, you know, keep it in the time frame. So don't don't be mad. We'd be sitting here for five hours straight if we could. We love this stuff. Yeah, yes. unless you guys unless you guys deliver us food via Uber Eats. <laughs> yes, yeah, send me an Uber Eats and we'll get that rocking. Yeah, and then I can like sit here and eat, eat and talk, but I got to make dinner after. But uh, <laughs> males here. Um, let's start with John B, Tom. You love John oh, B. Oh, man. Whenever there's a chance for you to talk about John B, you will. And a lot of that has to do with this album right here, Cool Relax, which mm-hmm. people on Twitter think that's his last album. Actually, he's put out a lot more than that. Oh since. <laughs> but I mean, Cool Relax, people still talk about this album. Tom, why? Whatever happened to John B after Cool Relax, guys? Any idea? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this album, as people say on the internet these days, this is an album. Mm. I mean, this... <laughs> yeah. this Period. An album. Period. With <laughs> Period. <a T. laughs> Period with the T on the end. <laughs> this album was one from a young from a young Tom. It helped me fall in love with R and B music. Probably I related to him a bit because I was a white dude. He was a cool white dude. Mm. I wanted to be like John B. I'm saying it for the record. It's for the recording. <laughs> so okay. But hey, I I love the the song that front to back. This is a five star for me. Just relatable. You know, I love the fact that he his debut was with the help of Babyface, but he stepped out on his own on this one and made yep. an even better album. And um, they don't know. Shout out to our boys, Tim and Bob. Yep. Love that song. Classic. So many songs on this album. Ed, what, what were your thoughts on it? Man, play, I'll tell you this. If you go over to soulandstereo.com, about a month ago, I ranked John B's entire discography. And I hadn't heard Cool Relaxing Forever. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, you joke, but you don't joke because when I posted that review and ranking, people are like, I didn't know you had so much stuff after Cool Relax. Yes, <laughs> he had plenty of stuff after Cool Relax. But Cool Relax, I remember liking it, but just like listening to it again today, I wouldn't give it five stars. I think I gave it four and a half. It is so mm-hmm. good. It is so good and a defining album for him. And I don't think back in 97, it was an album that we appreciated, but it wasn't celebrated like you know, like a butterfly or Mary J. It didn't have that sort of legacy or um, Badu. But looking back, it's just because the playing field was so competitive then. But it absolutely is as good as any of the best albums we'll talk about today. And oh. the cool, the cool, relaxed remix with Guru, which yep. is amazing. Yep. And shout out Guru. Yes. Yeah. Rest in peace, Guru. 
the song Keep It Real with Coco and Jay-Z by mm-hmm. John B. from the Have Plenty soundtrack. I have no have idea what Have Plenty, Plenty is, <laughs> but that song oh. is a gem right there. Kyle, the, the, Tom doesn't watch movies, so he doesn't know what happened. I have no idea. <laughs> you didn't miss anything with that. I, I have no idea what's going on. I, can, <laughs> can, can I talk about the Tupac record here? You can Oof. talk about the Tupac record. Well, I mean, it's just interesting because you have a Tupac record on this album, which I think is like the last actual Tupac collaboration before he passes away. Because after yes. that, they just started copy and pasting his verses on everything. Mm-hmm. But that latter half of the album, those last few songs when he has like Diane Warren records on it, songs with David Foster, like I'm just curious on what the label was trying to do there. You have a record with Tupac at one point and then you have these poppy ballads. Like, I don't know. I, that, well, I always found that to be really interesting. The Tupac thing is pretty simple from what John has said. I, if I remember correctly, he was just, he found out that Tupac was a big fan of his. And yeah. it's like, well, if Pac is a fan, we hooking up. And they yeah. just put out that together and they did a couple other songs too. I think it was just throwing on one of the hottest rappers at the time. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, slide on in. And he made it work. It didn't feel like Snoop Dogg on the SWV album. It didn't feel like completely <laughs> out of place. <laughs> no, it worked. No, that's how And shout amazing. out to John B. I just always have to say for the record, he is one of the coolest R&B artists I've ever met. I've met hundreds. And uh, he's super down to earth. If you ever guys ever get a chance to meet him, really cool dude absolutely uh let's talk about another album here uh ed didn't you dress up as usher for halloween once oh my gosh i did dress up like usher for halloween (laughs) this album cover in fact yes (laughs) (laughs) well let's give the people some history on this one because a lot of people think this is his debut album but it's not he actually dropped an album in 94 but this is his breakout album you know he had gone through puberty his voice had changed and people weren't really sure what was going to happen with Usher. He didn't really quite hit the mark on that debut. But this second album, you're talking about number one hits, one after the other with You Make Me Wanna, Nice and Slow, My Way. You got the record with Monica on here. There's a lot of big, big songs on here. Ed, talk about Usher in this era. Once again, I'm going to go back to that E word, evolution, because Usher's debut a lot of people just like, I remember at the time, not even younger fans. I remember at the time people acting like this was Usher's debut album. And I'm like, y'all don't remember the, the song from a couple years ago? Like he had an album and it was well received. It is a solid album. I actually like mm-hmm. it a lot, but it just did not resonate in that time period. Because again, the landscape was so competitive. You got to do better than come out with just a good album in 1994 like you got to come hard and that's what he did in 97 his voice had changed his persona had changed he had reflected his music to hit that young fan base he took his shirt off and was dancing around with goldfish and once he did that (laughs) that's all it took to re revamp his image so this album may not be his debut but it is the beginning of the usher that went on to have the career into the 2000s this so love today ed can you pull up the picture of when you were perched on a on a staircase with goggles on for halloween looking like usher you have that handy? oh my gosh <laughs> i can find that i don't know how we can make that on this screen but yes i do have that <laughs> i'll have tuned. to dig that up stay tuned for the after party as we uh <laughs> as we try to get that on yes um, i want to highlight a couple of songs here bedtime is a great song Babyface did that record and then ed does and this we go back to the love letters the record i will mm-hmm. 
The one that I will. I love. I will. I have a penny for your thoughts. I love that song. Will that line work in real life? In no. 2020? Player, there was some again when we talked about the writing. Like there's writing that worked so well in '97. I could have spit that game to a young lady in the halls of my high school, and she would have thought I was the most sensitive brother. I had to put that on Twitter. Y'all would make it a meme, and I would get slandered for like five days straight. Like, no, that subtlety does not work in 2020. Tom, I, I bring that up because didn't Tank post something recently talking about today's generation? I'm gonna read this text. This oh no. Here. Oh boy. This just reminds Don't do us it. that we're in a crazy time. Don't do Ugh. it. Well, wait, I, 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 I'll, I'll, tra- I'll, I'll paraphrase here. Paraphrase, there's some, please. There's, there's some words I'm not allowed to say here. But pretty <laughs> much, a man complimented his girl and told uh, her that she was his world. And she replied back and said, uh, That's some sissy stuff. That makes me want to cheat on him. <laughs> this, is, this is why RB is dead, guys. We can't embrace the love anymore. That is- Where's the love? It is still funny that earlier this year, Tank was not as receptive to 90s R&B as he is now, but I'll save that argument for another time. Hey, and I said Damon's that, now you know, I got soul, so don't be hollering at them this time. Come Damon, you're in trouble, boy. That's You're coming into this generation. There's no <laughs> love out there, man. Stay oh, tuned. We are, I already warned Damon. It's rough for my boy. <laughs> um. Okay, well, since we're talking about romance here, Ed, would this song work in 2020? All the things your man won't do by Joe. Actually, that probably would work because we are so shady that we would probably be like, oh, that's great. That is a real man. Do we listen to these songs? That's a love letter song. Like He is making a song about stealing somebody else's girl. Well, but it's Joe, so we're like, oh, it's cool. It's Joe. <laughs> It sounded smooth. Oh, it sounded smooth, but it also sounded <laughs> shady. <laughs> but Tom, this Joe album, I would argue it's his best. Um, definitely his breakthrough. Mm. Um, a lot of great songs on here. Good Girls is a great song. You have a record on there that the Backstreet Boys end up covering a year later. No one, no one comes close. But Tom, this album, just talk. Because he still performs these records at his show. Yeah, I love also the song the love scene yeah um a lot of people think yep. this is joe's debut album we don't even yep. realize he yep. had an album before this i i still won't say it's his best i say it's his second best but it's close i mean my name is joe obviously is the biggest one and i still think it's just slightly better but mm-hmm. i could see your argument but love this one as well it's definitely among my favorites i came out in 97 great 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 album and let's talk about Brian McKnight, the any anytime album, because it's interesting when we look at this. The lead single was not anytime. The lead single was the record with Mace, which at the time I think was a big hit. But I don't know if he even likes that record anymore. He doesn't. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't. I didn't. But, but Mace <laughs> but it has was... a, Mace has a significant line in that song. The first yeah, rapper a with an R and B. The first rapper with an R and B budget. Like R and B budgets were a thing back then. Yeah. Yes, like yeah. an R&B budget was a big deal back then. Now, look yep. how times have changed 20 years later. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this was a big song. I remember this song being played to death. I did not like it because it, again, I didn't like the evolution. It didn't feel like Brian McKnight. It felt like Brian McKnight on a Mace song because it felt like a bad boy Mace production and Brian McKnight singing the hook. That's what it felt like to me. It didn't work. But 
I did like the album. I like Anytime way better than mm. that. And I don't even know if that was an official single. It was, but yep. That was a great record. Album itself was probably one of my favorite Brian albums, now that I think about it. The thing I remember about that period was remembering how massive Anytime became, though. It crossed over to pop, did it, Kyle? Yeah. Yep. It, it did. And became a yeah. massive pop hit. So I, I'd just be curious to know how that even happened. Like, how did he able to cross over with just that one song? No, because. Well, Tom, Brian actually told us uh, in an interview before it was because of the success of uh, the Mace record. It got oh. him on MTV. So after gotcha. that, people started noticing who he was. So by that point, once you have that exposure and people start recognizing you, if you can put out anything that sounds remotely good, you're good. Gotcha. That was the, look at the magic times. You put out good music and it does well. Yeah. And, <laughs> and also, you have to remember the lane that R&B was in, especially around 93, 94 going into the late 90s, it was much easier to cross over because R&B was receptive to mainstream ears. So a great R&B song, no question it can get traction on the pop charts. Yep. Um, got a couple more albums here to talk about here. Um, let's talk about some groups here. Well, hold on, Kyle. I, I've got a request. Well, I guess he's a rookie, but Rashawn Patterson's album, We'll get I there. I love Rastan Patterson's day. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Calm down. Uh, someone asked for it in the comments. We'll Theo Sullivan. We'll get there. The, his name is Theo Sullivan. I thought it was Brandon O'Sullivan. We're just going with it Theo. Is. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm confused now. Uh, I got some groups that I want to talk about here. Uh, let's go with this one. Let's go with Boys to Men, Evolution. I've gone on record to saying that I don't love this album, um, but... I have to take into consideration that they were coming off their two album. It's like that thriller effect. You can't really have an album that's going to be as big as thriller. Doesn't matter what you put out, even if it goes platinum, it's not going to be as big as thriller. And I think boy Spin kind of suffered from that with this album. I think R and B was starting to change at that time with the bad boy sound, but they still got a number one hit with, um, what is that song called again? I can hear it. Uh, Four, four Seasons of Loneliness, four, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, is the Mama song on this album? Yes. The Mama song yes. is song on this album. Mama, yeah, yes. yep, yep. So, also, the song, the, the saddest song ever is on this album, Kyle, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's Doing Just Fine. Oh, Yo, man, that's that's Can we, that's, can that's we talk? Can we talk about that song for a second? <laughs> I love that song, and it's crazy that it's like one of the first songs on the album, too. First song? First yeah, song it's, literally, it's literally the first song and Wanye makes <laughs> the biggest proclamation you could make as sure as my name is Wanye. As sure as my name is Wanye. Like, what else could it be? Like, <laughs> that song will that song will break you down. I God, mean, if you put that on, well, you'll be happy skipping down the road. You hear that song? You're down the dumps, <laughs> no, guys. Well, we've oh, been talking old. about top five saddest R&B songs of all time and I've named like 30 at this point. This is a top five saddest R and B song of all time. <laughs> yes, it's it's up there. But to, to your point, to your point about the Thriller effect with this album, I love this album. But again, I, you were right in '97, coming off of two, a lot of people were like, it was the same thing with Nas's. Um, it was written. I remember when that came out, and dudes mm. hated that album. And today, people love it more than Illmatic because it sounds more kind of like modern i think illmatic might be a little too old for some ears but this album reminds me of that in that it does not have that big giant legacy 
but it still did well. It just didn't do as well. And I like it. I think it's one of the better Boys to Men albums. I think it's really strong and quite underrated because it just has such a huge shadow cast over it from the gigantic two. Mm. Kyle, our yeah. friend Nancy Noir chimed in. Every podcast has a saddest song. See, yes. at least there were sad songs back then. I, I challenge <laughs> anyone to name a sad song that's come out in the last five years in R&B. Well, they have... Well, they don't have sad songs. They have like miserable songs. And there's a difference. There's a difference between being sad and being like, I hate my man. I will kill him. That's the difference. Yeah. Um, Ed, I was going to get into that dynamic trio that formed the group in 97. But before we As do you that, should. Oh, come on. Before we do that. I'm waiting for this. We have to talk about the Bobby Brown album forever. Next. Oh, oh what? <laughs> what? This album actually—it it doesn't have good res- good good reviews. No, it doesn't. And yeah. listen, I know <laughs> I'm the dude that everybody's like, "Oh, you you don't show the king of R&B and in love," and you know I won't get onto that. This album was not good, and I'm not gonna front. I will say, as an objective reviewer, even though I'm not a Bobby fan, that he does have some big albums that we'll talk about in a couple weeks. This ain't the week to talk about it. This comeback was not popular. Well, let me ask you this: What happened? I mean, do you remember back in, the, in that time? Because he was the king of R&B and what happened with this album? Well, by the time this album came out, maybe not so much as later, but by 97, it was just more of like Bobby was known more for like the drama. And whereas that a lot of that would get heightened even more later on. And some of that is fair. Some of that is unfair, as we know. Because he is not always, sometimes we put stuff on him that it's not his fault. But this just was not a good album. It did not have anything that popped off. And it just, between the drama and the weak response, it just didn't last. I remember it coming out, and that was it. I don't remember anybody actually copying. All right. We have a request from Watch These to skip talking about this album and move on. So let's keep it moving, guys. Jeez. Oh, we, I will happily <laughs> do that to talk about brothers who put out a much better album. As Kyle can attest, dude. How how has Damon, a fifteen year old, heard all of these albums in, in his lifetime? I mean, have because you had enough he, minutes in your lifetime to hear all this? He does research. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's why I do not. When there are people that's like, "Well, I don't have time to listen to that old stuff." All I know is Summer Walker. Well, that's because you don't. <laughs> we have this gigantic day. This ain't like back then when I had to go buy all of those things. We have this gigantic database at our phone's fingertips mm. to just listen to this stuff. And a true fan will do that. A Summer Walker fan will just listen to Summer Walker and say everything else is trash. No, you are. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about another group here. This is a super group. Ed, you're going to be really excited for this one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it out for you. I'm going to throw you the lob. You're going to finish this, this basket right here. Mm-hmm. This super group consists of a legendary game changer someone who has impacted the game truly and dearly mm-hmm. we have vocalists that are from prior groups that came together to form this fantastic group mm-hmm. ed what is that group's name that group doesn't have a name it has initials it has a moment player it's a moment wait three hold on. letters uh-uh i wasn't talking about lsg here Oh no. We're talking about Milestone, Babyface, <laughs> Casey and JoJo. 
and the boys at After Seven. Can we talk about? Can we talk about Milestone? I care about you. Didn't they have one song? It was a great song, though. <laughs> I am just, I'm just going off of this podcast. You I love that actually. Song, shout out to the Soul Food soundtrack because that yes. might actually be a five star album right there. Yes. Oh, no question. I, that was an incredible soundtrack, and I love. I do like Milestone, but Milestone did not have an album like someone else we'll talk about in a second. I'll let you have your little milestone. <laughs> no, that was a great song. But now we can talk about Levert, Sweat, and Gil. Ed, let's uh let's paint the picture here. 1997. Where were you? What were you doing when you got the news that these three artists would be coming together for an album? I had no idea. I was sitting, I remember this moment. Like picture it, player, picture it. I am sitting in my grandparents' house. In Portsmouth, Virginia, shout out to the hometown of Missy Elliott and watching whatever video show was on at this time. And I see this room, this dark room, and it's like LSG is the artist. And of course, I don't know who that is. And mm-hmm. then I see LeVert and then I see Sweat and then I see Gil. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? And they dropped this incredible song called My Body, which was one of the best of the year. And then we got an album that lived up to the hype. We got a sophomore album later on. It didn't, but we already talked about 2003, so never mind. But for this Mm. moment in time, player, can you imagine your three favorite artists coming together to give you... Kyle, this would be like if Brandy and Ashanti and... (laughs) I don't know her. I don't know. That sounds like a mess, but whatever. I got got TGT already. We're good, Ed. This is okay. Ed, you're explaining how me and Kyle felt when we found about tgt coming together right oh Kyle? gosh yes we I love tgt for TG- yes i was excited but i was not excited about the actual album that's another conversation oh my are, are you saying that yes. lsg is better than tgt oh they murdered tgt lsg Jeez. tgt knows that stop playing all right <laughs> um immature dropped an album that year as well um let's get into some rookies here because we're not going to consider LSG a rookie because Ed would just no. pick him as the rookie of the year right away. Yeah, I would. But I mean, I mean, I guess then Casey and Jojo's not really a rookie of the year either. But I'm going to just name a couple of groups here and uh, we'll get started on this. We have Jagged Edge, who, again, I forgot on our collage. So my apologies to the Casey brothers. Don't kill me. <laughs> to uh, only the Casey brothers? What about Wingo? No, what like, about Kyle? Poor oh, yeah, Wingo don't... gets no love. What? Wingo and Kyle, those are my guys. Shout out to them oh. too. But. Allure. Oh we have Mario Winans. Yes, he did drop a debut album in 1997. Hurt No More is not his debut, but he looks pretty pain. He, he looks like he's in pain on this album, too. On this album cover, he looks like he just heard doing just fine, guys. L- little yeah. player. <laughs> he did not want to know. He told him to keep it on the low. Uh, we've got <laughs> Tom's favorite group, Next. Do you manage Next, Tom? Oh, I my so. goodness. <laughs> I, I only manage. What's that group I manage? Van Jess. Van Jess. That's yes, my only Van group. Jess. <laughs> yeah, Van Jess and Nex. I think Tom is like Nex's publicist, but anyway. RL is my boy. That's yes. all I got to say. Uh, we got Rasan oh, Patterson, yeah. Sam Salter. I don't know if our friend Isaiah is in here, but he loves Sam Salter. <laughs> what an uh, underrated album! Yes. Uh, we've got Casey and JoJo. We've got Erica Badu. We have. I'm just gonna put it out there right now. This will be my number one album of the year. We have Frankie. Because wow. we got to talk about Frankie later. I don't know if it'll uh-huh. be my number one. I think I just jumped the gun here. But Frankie, you, you... amazing. Uh, we have 98 Degrees. 
I think people are kind of confused that I just said them, but yes, there's a reason for that. Uh, we have the Rockefeller Group. Chris John, is that is that what they're called? Chris John, yes. Yeah. Another yeah. extremely underrated group. Uh, and we have Uncle Sam, which Derek Dunn asked me to review a couple of weeks back, and I had told him I had never, I don't even know who Uncle Sam is. Uncle Sam even his debut? Is that yeah, his debut? Same, yes. Okay. Oh my! You talk about a sad song. Now that might be worse than doing just fine. Wow. Yeah. And I, until recently, I thought. Uncle Sam and Chucky Booker were the same person. That oh, my God. My God. <laughs> Pull that Atlanta hat over your face. Um, so we have Erica Badu and we have Casey and Jojo as well. So much to uncover here. I'm just going to throw it to you guys with a group. You well, guys just... hold on. You haven't even named a couple others, Kyle. Whom? Have, have you named Rasan Patterson? I did. H- have you named Chico DeBarge, Long Time No See album? That's his debut? No, it's not his debut. Oh, I think I just skipped. He didn't My come bad. up earlier. It's You're okay. Right. There's too many to name. There's we You're got right. not yeah, enough it time. Is. I just no, want to make sure like it gets five R&B albums a week back then. Like we couldn't do all of them. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned it and don't get screamed at. So by anyone. <laughs> uh, but oh, I think I just lost this on the gram. Okay, I'm back. Um, I mean, where do we begin? Let's start off here. I'm going to throw a couple of names here, and you guys just get started. Tom, let's talk about next. Who you I like may the... or may not do publicity for, but what I do know. <laughs> oh my is, goodness! What I do know is I that feel like posted... <laughs> I feel like I am one of the people who who carries the torch for next, especially because I think so. Too close. Yep. I mean, was was the biggest commercial hit if you think about it, of that time of all the groups. On Good the pop. God! Yes, it was. If I never hear that song again, oh my goodness! Happy. Shout out to my boy KG, who oh, discovered yeah. next and produced it. That's There's a great song. Great song. But I, I got so sick of it. Aside from that song, I like this album because there's some album cuts I like. I wouldn't call it... Maybe it's close to a classic for me personally, but it definitely gets lost in the shuffle of those discussions of 112 versus Jagged Edge mm-hmm. versus Drew Hill. So I'd just like to give Next their shine. Yes. And that I Still Love You remix with Big Pun. I love that one. Yo, the song Cozy. Cozy. Oh, you oh, know that's, that's one of my song. favorites. Yes. Ed, do you want to talk about Erica Badu's debut? Because uh, on and on, next lifetime. There's a couple of big records on here, Ed. A couple of big records. This is probably one of the better albums of the year in a year that's already stacked with hits. I mean, mm. the thing that I chuckle about with on and on is I heard that I saw that video and I thought it was a commercial for like one of those Chitlin Circuit plays. I'm like, what is this? Because <laughs> it didn't look or sound like anything I had ever heard at the time. Again, this is the bad boy era. So Badu's style of music was not something that was prevalent. And coming off of when we talk about um, Brown Sugar D'Angelo, this is another of that step into that neo-soul direction. And to me, one of the pinnacles of it. So yes, no question. This is my personal favorite Badu album. And off the chain, no question. Hmm. Trendsetting album. Let me talk about Casey and Jojo because some people might know, some people might not know that uh, my mom is like the reason why I listen to R&B. And I remember all my life, like if you thought Too Close was all over the radio, all my life was <laughs> right behind it. Yes, yeah. it was. And that's like the biggest wedding song of all time now. And it's funny because when I talk to people on Twitter now that are Jodeci fans, 
they don't even really like the Casey and Jojo era. But you have this other fan base that's a little more poppy. They love Casey and Jojo. They don't even know Joda C exists. So I think Casey and Jojo did a great job here uh, by making that transition. And it, it worked for them. Whether you like it or not, it, it definitely worked. Yeah, it was a, a definite, again, evolution of their sound from what we were used to from Jodeci. It sounded like a completely different group. And that's a good thing. But, I mean, to your point, it was not something, especially that all my life, it was not something that I really resonated with. I'm like, mm-hmm. this ain't my Jodeci. It's something <laughs> that I appreciated later on as an album. That album is good. And mm-hmm. a couple of their other later releases were pretty good. So as bodies of work, they're good. That song, that ain't too close. Y'all can leave those in 97, 98. <laughs> I got so sick of them. The um, thing I love, though, remember, was it Dalvin that told us a story? Yeah. I think that's more of who Casey and JoJo really are. Remember, yeah. it was Dalvin who told us someone took the group, Jodeci, into the streets and made to try to make them more street and more mm-hmm. hood for their music. I forgot who what the story was, but I mean, that's who... Casey and JoJo were what you heard on that that album. That wasn't an effort to just try to be pop. That was their original sound. Yep. Yeah. Their gospel roots, if you will. Um, I'm going to ask you guys about this Jagged Edge album because, again, this is an album that has one big hit, I Gotta Be. And I talked to JD recently who did the album, and he said that he had a miss on this album, which was the Uptemples. He didn't execute that Mm. one correctly, and because of that, they weren't able to come right out of the gate with massive hits like 112 and Drew Hill did. Um, but, mm. Tom, I know there's a bunch of great ballads on here. Like, they did a great yeah. cover of Wednesday Lover. I oh, love I that love song. That. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another saddest song ever on this album, too. It's funny how... That's a sad song. <laughs> uh, how raindrops they fall. Oh, I'm going to have to it's... pull that album out. I love that <laughs> album. And it's weird that... I know that, you know, Jay Heartbreak gets a lot of love, and it should. And it's funny that JD said he couldn't really pull off the up-tempos because they're not too many, but you know I'm a ballad lover. That's mm-hmm. cool. Even the way you talked to me, I thought was fine. So as an album, as a debut, this is how you debut. I thought it was great. Personally, though, when you look at it, like, it's interesting JD said that. I mean, this was almost in the same tempo as, as 112's debut. The only thing that was missing was 112 had that single with Biggie, yeah, that did that really well. Jagged Edge it. didn't have a song like that. Yeah, that was the turning point, really. Yeah, and on this album, uh, the rest of our lives by Jagged Edge. That's like one of the only times you actually get to hear Kyle sing. He's singing in that falsetto. He's singing "Hold Me" for like ten minutes, and then you hear Wingle right after that. So yes, it's kind of interesting to see how that dynamic changed over the years. Because right now, when I hear their records, it's mostly Brian and Brandon. You hear Wingle and Kyle in the back, but. On that debut album, you could actually hear all four of them. And shout out to our boy Tar Heels fan who's going absolutely nuts in the comments about this album. I guess one of his favorites. I think it's safe to Must be. That. <laughs> Tar Heels. Name is some bangers, though, so I can't hate. Um, Ed, let's talk about Allure, Mariah yes. Carey's group. This is actually a very underrated debut album. This was a really big, and it's, again, to look at it with 2020 eyes and ears, it's like, Allure was a big deal. It was kind of a big deal in 97. This is another record that when I heard it for the first time, I remember exactly where I was. I was standing outside in my backyard messing around with my little headphones or whatever. And this came on Mm -hmm. and I didn't know who they were. I thought it was cut close. I was like, is this cut close finally back? Because, you know, I'm always hoping cut close comes back. So but no, it was 
to hear, like you could even like hear the Mariah Carey influence. These are her proteges. This album was really good. It had some really good singles. And as an album itself, very, very strong across the board. In 97, it sounds weird now, but in 97, if you were trying to think of like rookies who would kind of take off, you would have had a lure at top of your list because it just seemed like they had all the tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to name four sleeper albums here and you guys give me what you guys want about these ones. Cause I feel like we could go on and on about these ones. We have Rasan Patterson's debut, Frankie's mm-hmm. album, Mario Winans and Sa- Sam Salter. I'll save the Frankie discussion for later. Cause I think that's in my top <laughs> three, but man, what do you guys remember about these four albums? Sam Salter was one that I heard much, much later. I did not hear in 97. Again, I don't think I heard any of those in 97. Because, again, you got to remember just how much music we were getting. This ain't like 2020 where I'm, like, reviewing one R&B album every three months. Mm -hmm. Like, we were getting stacks of albums every week. So these albums I heard much later. I had a friend who was obsessed with um, Rasan. So that one I picked up on. That was very incredible. Sam Salter, so underrated. I think that's an album with a proper push that could have gotten a lot more love at the time, for sure, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and re- I want to speak about Rasan Patterson's debut. I might love that album. Spend the Night, as I see Nicolette Carney talking about in the comments. That's yeah. one of my favorite songs of all time. I, I found this YouTube performance of him doing it live. It was like a 10-minute performance of the song, and by the end, he was dripping sweat. It looked like he found the Holy Ghost. I mean, we don't get <laughs> stuff like that anymore. It was amazing no. to watch. <laughs> so I love that album, though. And uh, Mario Winans, that's actually a really good album. Him and Frankie's album, they both just really underrated albums. But I want to... more I got to mention. Something yeah. for the People. This time oh, it's yes. personal album. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, they have this great gosh, song yes. with Eric Benet on it. That I like. They were label mates at the time. Oh, yes. But shout out to something for the people. And I saw someone in their Instagram comments mention that one as well. Hmm. Um, can we talk about 98 Degrees? Because a lot of people are wondering why they're on this collage, why we're mentioning them. Um, yes, bring that up. Well, we know 98 Degrees now as like a poppy group. That, that like exploded at the same time as Backstreet and NSYNC. But if you go back to that debut album, which was on Motown, mm-hmm. you had Shep Crawford and Montel Jordan writing on that album. You had Kenny Green writing on this album. Like they were going to be like the white version of Boys to Men. Like that was what their goal was. Didn't really turn out that way. Um, it just didn't work commercially. But they do have a big song off that album, which was Invisible Man, which is actually a really good song. But I mean, why didn't it, why didn't it work for uh, 98 Degrees? I don't know if there's like one factor. I do remember Invisible Man. I, I was talking shout outs. I think it was Derry on Twitter who brought this up a couple days ago. And I, I don't think I've ever heard the album, but I definitely remember Invisible Man. And I think it's a situation where we talked about Pink a couple weeks ago about how there's an artist who comes in and they try to put her in a mold and, and they perform well not like the songs were bad but it just wasn't a good fit and i think they found their niche later on doing the kind of boy band type stuff so i think it was just a better fit for them but i mean they can sing as evidenced by that song so there's no question about their actual talent just didn't fit and as i keep saying it was a very competitive time yeah so I think that's all the rookie albums. Uh, we're running a little bit late here, so I definitely want to uh, bring in 
Milka. That's one of our guests. We haven't heard from the Brown, have we, Ed? I have not heard from him. So as we do our Rookie of the Year awards and our and our top three favorite albums, I'm going to bring in Milka. I think her Twitter username is Mariah Forever Forever. So is there anyone else? Okay. Do you want me to try to get someone else? Hey guys. Hello. Hello. What's up? How are you? Good. Thanks Good. for How having me here. I've been listening to you guys forever. Awesome. We appreciate oh, the yeah. support. That's dope. Yep. I yeah. think you're actually our first female guest we've ever had too. So Yay. <laughs> we've been talking. I know about- I have to represent for the ladies. I feel like you guys tend to mm, talk about the male artists a little bit more. Wow. Uh-oh. Wow, I've been, been put on blast. So let me talk about <laughs> Kelly Price a little bit more. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you've been tuning in every week, so you know how this goes. We're going to go roundtable discussion here. We're going to talk about the rookies of the year. Uh, I'm sure you've done your whole well, before you've- Before we do that, um, I, I, fill us in. Where were you in life when this was? You don't have to tell us your age, but where were you in life in 97? And, you know. Okay, so I was. You're I not was 15, six right? in '97. Six. <laughs> oh okay. man! Oh. We got some some young people coming through this show. Yes. Yeah. So wow. I was six, and um, I think back then I was listening to like Spice Girls and Britney Spears a lot, actually. And mm. it wasn't until um, I probably started getting into like Ashanti and Beyonce and Mariah. That's when I started getting right. introduced to R&B. And then um, when YouTube came around, I was 15. And then I think I would, or at least that's when I discovered YouTube. And that's how I found like all of the R&B music. Wow. And then my, oh. my sister, my older sister, she's a year older than me. She's also like really obsessed with uh, 90s R&B. So we just constantly have been listening to that ever since. Yeah. So wow. That's really cool. Amazing. Yes, that's what's up. Technology. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. do your research. See, there's yeah. no excuse. Do your research. Yep. All right. Uh, let's get started here. Rookie of the year. Tom, we'll start with you. Who had oh. the best debut? Who Who did you think would, you know, make the biggest impact? Whatever <sighs> way you want to define it, just give it to me. Can you remind me of who were concerned rookies? Uh, Real quick, who was in the collage? Not- uh, I'll just name it for everyone out there so we don't okay. have to do this again. So we have Jagged Edge. We have my Instagram's not loading. Give me a sec. Jagged Edge. We have Allure, Frankie, LSG. Are we counting LSG? Uh, no, don't no. count LSG. No. Well, shout, out, well, shout outs to Link for writing your body and shout outs to Pretty Ricky <laughs> for sampling your body. Oh, no shout outs to Pretty Ricky. Uh, Mario Winans next. Rasan Patterson, Sam Salter, Erica Badu, uh, 98 Degrees, Chris John, Uncle Sam. <laughs> I think that's All it. All right. There's only one answer that could be for this one. Ooh. It's next for me. It's got to be next. <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is what it I have to put It was either next or Rasan Patterson. And I'm going with my boys. KGRL next. I'm their publicist. I got to support. Wow. We know. We know who signs the checks. <laughs> well, Butter Love is, is so good. I still listen to that one all the time. So, and there's oh. some, if you haven't heard the whole album, there's some good album cuts in there too, like Cozy and a few others. So check it out if you haven't heard the whole thing. Right. Yeah. What about you, Ed? I mean, there is absolutely no question. 
Erica Badu blows the other rookies out. There are some that in the time you could say maybe a lure, maybe in 97, it would have been like a push for a lure, maybe a JE push, but I think of all of them. And there's some great rookies. Like it's Badu and nobody's close. Mm-hmm. What about you, Milka? I would say Erica Badu, just because I, I still heavily follow her music to today. But um, I would say Jagged Edge for second place. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, my rookie of the year. Um, I was probably going to go with Erica Badu as my pick. But as I think to like my top threes for later, I might not be able to actually include this guy in my awards. So I have to give it to him here. I'm going to give it to Frankie. Who? Frankie. <laughs> Who's? <laughs> We're going to give this to Frankie. Frankie Listen, J. I thought it was Frankie. <laughs> Frankie no, I, I actually thought it was Frankie J too. But listen, I don't <laughs> know if you guys have It's not Frankie heard. J. It's a different Frankie. No. Oh. This album is a fi- Like, if you like Faith Evans' debut album, if you like mm-hmm. 112's album, like, this is the record. Like, this is an amazing album. And the crazy thing is, number one, I don't know where he is today. I don't think he's even on social media. But number two, I've never seen his full face because on the album cover, cover, he has a little hat that covers his face. I don't know what he looks like. I just know, <laughs> yes. he, made, I just know he made an amazing <laughs> album. And uh, if he had come out, I'm telling you, if he comes out in 2020 when her has like the glasses and covers her whole face, Frankie could do it too. We need Frankie back in 2020. Oh Thank my you. gosh. Yeah, we'll, have, right. we'll put and, on the, the cane mask. Just like I've been wanting her to do all these years. Cane mask? <laughs> yes, so, the cane mask on. Oh boy. So on this public, on this podcast, we have next publicist and Frankie's publicist. Impressive. Yes, we do. Yes. Uh, all right. Top three albums of 1997. There's a lot. But let's start with you, Tom. What is your number three? All right. So... In the spirit of representing for the females, and because it's so close, I'm giving Mariah's Butterfly number three. Ooh, that's a good Love pick. the album. It can easily be number one, I but know. it's slightly edged out. It's slightly, for me, edges out Joe. I'm sorry, Joe. We still love you, but I'm going with Mariah. Good pick, Tom. <laughs> good pick. Ed, number three. Oh, I hate agreeing with Tom, but my number three also <laughs> will be Butterfly. And I know that a lot of people are going to be like, what did you pick? Even if I do my honorable mentions, we're still talking like four and a half star albums. I'm Janet, Cool Relax, Evolution, which I still love. I think it's super underrated. There's just so much good stuff in 97, but number three would be number one in almost any other year. But mm. Mariah, Butterfly, number three. What about you, Milka? Number three. We I'm know it ain't going to be Butterfly. With, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm going with John B's Cool Relax. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Me and my Let's sister go. play that album all of the time. Like, she yep. was listening to it nonstop this week. And I think we've been to his concert maybe, like, three times wow. in the last few wow. years. And he, he, he plays, like, those really good songs on that were never released, like Shine and... You know, like those gems on there. So it's, they're really good. I like. I, I have to show you so much respect. You were six when the album came out and you, yep. you've now gone back and fully appreciate it. That's, that's respect. That's pretty cool. No excuse. Yep. All right. My number three. Uh, I don't think I can put Frankie in my top three after all I just said earlier. So I'm going to have to go with my alternate. 
My number three will have to be Mary J. Blige, Share My World. From top to bottom, great album. I love that Little Kim record still to this day. And those Babyface yes. records, those Babyface records are also like saddest songs of all time. Oh, yeah. How many saddest songs of all time? You got 37. <laughs> Well, we'll have a whole podcast episode on saddest songs of all time next week. (laughs) Did you guys scratch all of your number threes out and replace them with women because of my comments? No, you guys did all three. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) I mean, no, no. You may have influenced that decision, but no. Oh my god! You like scratch out Frankie, put in Mary. (laughs) Yeah, Um, we'll see. Uh, We'll see if number one is is a male, but Tom, number two. Shout out to our boy, Anthony Costa, chiming in in the comments. We see you. He said, everyone's correct so far. So everyone, let's not let him down with any of our picks because he's really yeah. excited about our picks so far. But we haven't My had number the same two. pick. How no, can but we he all said, be cor- <laughs> because we're all, he means we're all making good picks, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm going to go with, and this one was easy for me too. And it's not just because we have a female here. I was going with Mary J. Share my world, number two. Love this album. Like I said, everything was my first song in my wedding dance, so I have to always show love to this album. Great. Ed? I need Tom to stop cheating off of my list because I, too, (laughs) have Mary at number two. Again, any other year, this would have been number one by far, but this is an incredible year, so can't do that. But Mary's five-star album in my opinion still not her best album because she's that great but number two on my list i know we don't have the same number one tom because i know what your number one is really <laughs> no i know what about you milka i'm i love mary j's album but i have to do erica badu's baduism mm. for mm. number two just because i really um heavily play that front to back all the time i just love the instrumentals on there you know like all of the the bass and the just the whole sound it's like jazzy and funky and soulful and just really original so i love that album that's a great pick great pick great pick my number two and i'm mad because i'm trying to pull it up on uh on my phone but i can't find (laughs) it i'm gonna go with See, I was going to post Ed's photo of his Usher costume, but I can't find it, Ed. I'm sorry. Oh, I got it. I'll send it to you. All right. So I'm going to go with Usher's album, My Way, as my number two. It's Mm. not a perfect album, but the the good songs are really, really good. The Monica duet slow jams, Bedtime, and then those big singles. The Uptemples, probably not my favorite, but the slower songs, I think, good enough for me. So that's my number two. And Tom, we're now back to you for your number one favorite album. Um, you might not be this man's publicist. I, I already know who it is. And you might not be his publicist. We all know who it is. Or his manager, my, but who is it? Who's your number one? My number one is actually a, a surprise pick. And it's actually a group. It is Camp Lowe's Uptown Saturday Night album, Ed. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I was about to kick him off the podcast. Now he has a seat for life. I'm just kidding. That's hip hop. That doesn't count. Love that album, though. It Obviously, count, though. my number one. He is not my real life brother, although some people have called me his brother, but that's not true. <laughs> We're just both white. John B's cool, relaxed album. Wow. <laughs> Love that album. 
Hey, you don't classic. You don't see me making gin my top three favorite rappers, Tom. Oh my god, listen. I hope Jin. Jin would be happy he's on anybody's list. I don't just like the album because he's white. There's plenty of albums from white people that I think are garbage. So, okay, I keep it real. (laughs) Uh, Ed just sent me the uh, his number one pick. (laughs) So this is I don't know if you got that's Ed right there. You guys are going to have to post that. It's hard to see this yeah, week. Gonna, I don't know. Can Ed. you guys see that? That's Ed. Perched, <laughs> perched oh my. on a staircase somewhere down yes. south. Down south. and I was going to say it was cold. It wasn't too cold that day. Yeah, we'll post it. Anyway, what is your number one, Ed? My number one, to me, one of the best albums of the decade, Miss Erica Badu, Baduism. Mm. Number one. The pinnacle of kind of leading into the neo soul movement. This is where we talk about D'Angelo. We talk about Maxwell. To me, this is like the third one in that in that trinity, so to speak. And it kind of sets the way for the next, I mean, five or six years going into the two thousands. Badu set the tone. I love the interludes, and as you were saying earlier, even the album cuts, Four Leaf Clover, just incredible, incredible. Five stars too. Badu, number one. All right. And Milka, you're number one. And, it's uh, very obvious. Well, please remind, <laughs> yep. the people, please remind the people what your Twitter handle is so they can follow you. Oh, it's like Mariah for real forever or something. Mm, wow. yeah. Did you know? <laughs> I only you- got a Twitter to uh, support Mariah. Like, I don't have my own Twitter. <laughs> but don't feel bad. Did you know my screen name for AOL used to be TL Room 112 back in the day? Because I was a huge 112 I think fan. You, I think you mentioned that on a podcast. I love really. to share that embarrassing <laughs> story. Yeah. But I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> I'm still rocking with my Maria, oh, Mariah cool. for real forever. <laughs> Wait, before you give us your number one pick, have you ever yes. fought someone on social media because they slandered Mariah? So. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh, she probably gonna, like me. I was going to say. Um, not only random people, but like my friends all the time. I think people, mm. when they know that you really like somebody, they just like to, you know, pick at you and like make fun of you for it. But I've, yes, I've, that's yes, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I've, I've just learned, you know, everybody has their own taste. So you can't force somebody to like feel the same things that you feel when you listen to an album. Well, so, yeah, I'll tell you like this. There are opinions, but there's right and wrong. So what you're about to say is your number one is the right answer. What is number one? Okay, for me, it is Butterfly by Mariah. Thank you. And it's, and it's actually my favorite Mariah album. And I, I, was, I would say it's because um, a, a lot of the songwriting on this one, most of it, she does like purely herself. And I would just say the whole, um, the whole era, like there's all these remixes dance remixes hip-hop remixes for like each of the singles the videos are great and it's just her breaking free you know from finding her independence i like that whole turning to a butterfly thing awesome yeah that that, that's my number one as well uh if not for anything else but it's for the fact that she flipped a mob deep sample because when you listen to shook ones part two tom when you listen to that song, don't you just want to fight the next person that like stands next to you that <laughs> yes. looks at you wrong? Somehow Mariah Ed, turned that. <laughs> Ed, the remix of the song had Big Noid on it. 
I mean, oh it doesn't God. get Shout more. Shout out Big Noise. <laughs> I'm sure he's somewhere now punching fire hydrants just for fun. Just watch his knuckles bleed. That's the uh, kind of no. brother he is. No, but oh. the fact that Mariah was able to flip that sample and turn it into the roof, like that to me solidifies her as one of the greats when it comes to an artist and songwriter because not anybody can do that. So I'm going with Mariah as Absolutely. my number one. I mean, it'd be like Kim taking a DMX song and flipping it and old girl and over some <laughs> get at me dog. Like it's an incredible kind of evolution of that sound. And I have a controversial statement to make. I just saw Nicolette's uh, comment here. She believes that My All is an amazing song. I actually don't like that song, believe it or mm. not. It's you just... like the remix? I love the remix. Oh. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. remix is Oh, like, the remix. Yeah. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. The original is just okay. Another reason why I got four and a half stars. Sorry. Oh, that's the first Mariah song that I ever heard, actually. Really? So I the remix it. or the original? The original. It needed to be a little more sad. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> Tom, I think that's it for uh, for this week. Nineteen ninety seven was was fun are we doing 96 next that's uh we got a game is plan it, for that wait is it Christmas? they're already talking about it in the comments is about it Christmas doing... next saturday christmas it's is on friday. That was friday okay because i'm not missing christmas to talk about r&b <laughs> well yeah. you have we you won't miss your christmas i thought that we were talking about a year in wrap up then 96 but I'm just, just, I'll show up. And we'll Let's not it. hold our production meeting live on the air during a podcast. All that? right. Well, <laughs> Ed, uh, I'll pass it on to you then. What's going on with soulinstereo.com? Please do check out Soul and Stereo this week because we got a bunch of junk going on this week. As I talked about last week, we have our 50 best albums of 2020. That list is up. The best in R&B and hip hop. Go check out anything that you missed because I got that. I've got some of our favorite songs of the year from both R&B and hip hop, a playlist of about, I think it's like 80 songs or something like that. So if there are any songs that you've been missing out on, come and check up, catch up. I got you. Kyle, we got a new episode of Love Letters. We asked, yes. should married couples be allowed to follow each other on social media? Y'all got some issues. It's Christmas. Be nice. <laughs> so I get to talk about that. Oh. And hopefully next week this time, I will have... The annual, and y'all been, I'm like, it's like pressure because everybody's so hyped. The 2020 Player Please Award. It's been mm. so much foolishness this year that people expect like SNL level comedy. So I'm going to try to go hard for you. Player Please Awards next week. Nice. Tom, over at You Know I Got Soul, partnered up with Soul in Stereo. We released our top 70 songs of 2020 this might be our very last list that we ever do because you were getting killed on social media ed, i'm done ed i'm retiring from making these lists because i've been taking a beating all week why didn't you guys Tom, include so and so on the list i'm sorry we have well, only a certain number of songs we can't include every single song that came well, out you could do what what i do and just call everything a top five song well i love when you, they tag the artist i love when they tag yes. the artist and the artist they gets snitch. mad too yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes, My they goodness. will snitch. It is. It is something. But we need for the sake of journalism. Keep it didn't 
you didn't list all of them this year, right? You were like, these are the top 10 and everything else yes. is in alpha, alphabetical yes. order. So you already yes. were trying to, you know, avoid some, <laughs> some haters that work. way. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, this might be it, Ed. We'll see. We'll talk. <laughs> oh, I don't well, know. I'll well, coach you. Well, we do have a couple more interviews that we're lining up on Instagram. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, Milka, you're 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 the guest for today. Tell the people what you have going on. Are you hoarding toilet paper? Because I think you <laughs> might get blocked by Ed. But what's going on with you? Uh, nothing. I'm really hoping for some more R&B music in 2021. Like I'm really hoping you to get an album both. from Maxwell, from Janet Jackson. Mm. How about you guys? The same. Everyone you mentioned. I want a new album from Chico DeBarge and Carl Thomas. Yes. And Music Soul Child. Chico DeBarge and Carl Thomas. Well, it's of course, been like 10 years. Well, 10 years? Wait. Music had an album the other day. No, I meant for Carl and for Chico. Okay, <laughs> now those two, yes. Well, I've been, uh, I've been waiting for Usher's album to drop exclusively on title for a year now. It's still not here, so <laughs> maybe it'll drop oh, on Christmas. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> We'll get there. But, Don't get your hopes up. But uh, our, guys, boy, I think... <laughs> our boy Shaquille Perry's already picking out his outfit for 96. He's so excited over there. Mm. That's cool. Oh, he's got his fubu <laughs> on and his um, gigantic jeans. All right, wow. Shaquille, we'll see you. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate everyone for tuning in this week. Um, if you're listening to this, you're probably, you've probably missed out on that versus battle between E40 and Too Short. Tom, I know you're very disappointed about that. That, that you was happening? Ch- I didn't even know. That's on right now. Um, oh. But I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Milka, I appreciate you for joining us. Thank you, guys. And we'll be back next week to talk about, I think, 1996. Might be the year in countdown. You'll just have to tune in to find (laughs) out. And we will. We're out. So you guys take care. Milka, thank you so much for the support. And thanks for tuning in. You've been a great guest. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you, guys. Bye. All right. Take care.